Welcome to today's episode of the Insurance Life and Everything in Between podcast. My name is Adam Bersan. And I'm Chris Smith. If you've yet to do so, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. And if you love this podcast, don't forget to share it with a friend or colleague. We greatly appreciate your help and support. Ah, it started too soon. Yeah, Medicare cells, but Medicare cells are dead, Chris. Like, yeah. nobody's buying Medicare anymore. Oh, man. We're done. We're out of business. Maybe we should go sell solar instead. How's that? Let's do it. Door to door, man. Welcome to the solar channel. The sun is... Tax breaks. Tax breaks for everyone. Buy solar panels. Sun is bright. Your electric bill is low. And welcome to insurance life and solar in between. God. Not sponsored by Humana, but it is sponsored by all the free stuff that Humana sends you when you ask for it. Nick, we didn't we didn't plan this, by the way. This is just a thing that happened. At least we don't have like matching shirts. I'd have to go upstairs and change. It's true. I don't know that I would let us do that. Uh, I, I would probably, I, I would probably me guess go change or something, put on a sweater. So yeah, so uh, AEP, right? We're done. It's over. Show's over. See you next year. There's nothing to do now that uh, no. now that AEP is done. There is no there is no such thing as selling outside of AEP. Um, we're done. That's, I'm, I'm I'm pretty satisfied. You good? That's why we're going into solar, right? That's that's right. <laughs> on a on a on a slightly more serious note, I have noticed that AEP sales are very different this year than they have been in previous years. I don't know that I don't know that Medicare is dead. I I do think that the the insurance agent who does not know how to sell stuff. I think the insurance agent that has no real sales skills is going to start struggling in the Medicare space. Like now, I think the market has changed on a national level to such a degree that it is. I mean, it should just be easy to give stuff away for free. But the problem is market penetration is so huge at this point. The market is saturated. And if you don't have the ability to differentiate yourself from the next agent and differentiate the plan that you are recommending from the plan that they already have, because they probably have a plan at this point, unless you're targeting nothing but T65s, that you, you know, you and everybody else, the market is so saturated that if you don't have genuine sales skills, you're going to have a tough time of it. Let me jump in on that one for a second, because yeah. I think there's a great parallel there, because a lot of the folks that watch us they're, you know, fi- final expense, born and bred kind of folks that are understanding they need to eventually get off the hamster wheel and don't want a door knock at 50 years old. No offense to those that do, but I don't. Yeah. I think that the final expense style of selling yourself and then eventually finding out what carrier they placed the client with that they buy from you is that cross transferable skill that makes sense in Medicare. Absolutely. I, re- I remember 2018, 2019, finding folks that didn't have anything, and now everybody has something. And I approach that I took towards the end of AEP, because I'm sitting with a lot of existing clients in some form or fashion, some new business, kind of a good mix, is I was doing almost a final expense blind taste test. I was taking a piece of paper, and I was drawing a line down the middle, and I was writing down the important stuff in what they currently had. And what I was going to recommend. And these were people that I had built rapport with, had a level of trust and engagement with. And I just walked them through it. And at the end, I did the blind taste test close. 
Nick, which one of these two plans do you think is you best? Yeah. And it worked. I mean, it's getting back to the roots of what I've done and what I've written a boatload of life insurance on. And the concept made sense, at least to the folks that already knew me. Let me kind of preface it that way. So selling yourself, selling what you offer makes a lot of sense at a situation where people have already bought something. 100%. And I, I've i done that kind of blind taste test close. I That was my preferred method of selling Medicare for years and years. You know, that's that's how I started selling Medicare back in 2014. I think I started using that that close and it works really well. It works well for med subs. It works well for final expense. It works well for if what you have is legitimately the best thing for them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we're in sales. You're going to stack the deck. What you have, what you're going to show them is going to be the best thing for them. You're not dumb. It's a great way to approach it. And having that ability to sell something in your back pocket is huge. So here's the thing, not just my agents, although from one or two of my agents that work with me directly, but from a lot of agents that I'm starting to see, though. And I've I've talked to a couple of people who are kind of high level at a few different IMOs, some like very large IMOs. And a common thing that people are starting to hear from agents And I'm kind of curious to see what your take on this is, actually. A common thing that I'm starting to hear from a lot of agents is the plans are all so good. There's so little difference between the plans. Mm -hmm. And people have been flipped so many times. And it's such a headache for them every time they get flipped. And they kind of don't want to go through the hassle anymore of having to, like, find out all the new quirks of a new plan and the stuff that doesn't quite work right. And yeah, there's some stuff that works better, but there's some stuff that works worse. And it's but when the plans are all more or less the same, and largely that is becoming more and more true across the country. When the plans are all more or less the same, people are just not wanting to go through the hassle of making the change. I'm hearing that a lot. I'm hearing that a lot. And it's, it's, it is, Fortunately, not from very many of my agents that are working with me, but from a lot of agents kind of in the general insurance, social media sphere. And I was hearing it enough that I went to a couple of different people that run a couple of very large insurance agencies to kind of see if they're hearing the same thing. And it does seem to be across the board, this is the tone of uh, things that people have been hearing from street-level agents a lot, this AEP. I have thoughts, but I want to hear your thoughts because when it comes to Medicare stuff, you are actually much more a street-level agent these days than I am. What what is What is your takeaway from that? Well, plan differentiating, I guess, also becomes kind of a regional issue. I mean, I've worked yep. two starkly different markets this AEP. Close to home, uh, Cecil County, Maryland, and, and to an extent, Newcastle, Delaware, where the biggest issue is a lack of plan availability. Like sure. there's two or three plans in all of Cecil County, and one of the two or three plans, the major health system, I don't want to get sued, I'm not going to name it, isn't accepting Humana anymore. And that means that a majority of the business that I'd encounter is simple. You got to change plans or you got to change doctors. I'm just here to help you decide which is going to make the most set. And let me tell you, nobody wanted to change doctors. <laughs> they changed plans because the plans, while they are slightly similar, it requires them less lifestyle changes. So a lot of that regional business is not necessarily my plan's better than your plan. 
It's you got to do something, which I appreciated. It made my job a lot easier in many of those situations. But then you move into like the oversaturated Philadelphia market where the major players, each of them have like three plans, four plans, multiple dual plans. It's like, good Lord. Do I, do I use the dual PPO, the dual HMO, the half dual, the full dual side of pizza with it? Like, there are too many plans. Do I want the regional player, the mid-market player, the big name brand player? Way different game you're playing up there. And plan differentiating, it, it is different and a headache in some senses for the client if you don't go through the steps with them. Yes, your doctor takes it. Yes, your medicines are the same price. Yes, your costs are similar. Like, alleviating the fact that there is no headache and here's why it's better requires a little bit more skill. Like you said from the very beginning, the Medicare world where you just enrolled people and stuff that didn't cost any money, the game's gotten a little bit more difficult. Even to the sense where what I liked about Medicare is that it was new in a sense that you were learning things along the way. Because you learn by doing, you don't learn by reading a book and attending a webinar and going to 82 different launch parties. You learn by getting in the field and recognizing little things in saturated markets that make a big difference. Things like this person has PAD, PACE, LIS, one of those, and now they can get a plan that has a premium, but the premium's free, but the plan's better. Like those kind of differentiators really help you in oversaturated markets. So I can agree that there is a situation where there's a headache and a flipping, oversaturation of plans in certain markets. But that just means you got to be better at what you do, or you're going to be managing a book where you might as well just get a job anyway. Right. And that's sort of my takeaway from this whole thing also, right? I hear people saying, hey, the market is a little oversaturated. There's not enough differentiation between the plans in the area that I'm working. People aren't wanting to change anymore. And for me... That's the same as if you're in a final expense appointment and the person is like, they've had American income life for so many years and they just really love American income life and they they really feel comfortable with it and they just didn't want to switch. And if a life insurance agent told me that, I would say, you know, hey, you didn't build enough trust. You didn't build enough value. You didn't sell yourself as the expert and you let them run the show. Exactly. And- the concept of consultative selling gets talked about a lot. And consultative selling is fantastic. And, and it is it is the baseline of how most sales should be done in a consultative manner. That doesn't mean it's not sales. And that doesn't mean you don't need to sell something. In a Medicare sale, what you're really selling is yourself and your own expertise. I mean, that's really, really, really what you're selling. Because at the end of the day, it is complex enough that most of the people that you're going to talk to no matter how hard you try, are not going to have a real understanding of what it is you're selling. There are a few that have backgrounds in, in in healthcare that might be able to get to it. There are a few that have a really analytical mind that are gonna like really dig in with you and will get to it. But most people want to know that you know what you're doing well enough that when you tell them, hey, this is what I think, they say, okay, I trust you. Let's do that. And the people who are having difficulties, I think, are taking not that approach. I think are are taking the approach of, okay, well, whatever you think, you know, do do what you think is best. 
not do what I think is best for you because what you're what you're signing up for is for me to be your agent and I'm going to help you with this and I'm going to help you with all of your problems and all of your headaches and I'm going to be the person to help take care of this stuff for you so it's not going to be difficult because you got me and they're not selling that aspect they're not selling their value as an agent and they're not building the trust so that the person believes them when they tell them stuff and I think that's the big disconnect and I think that is why it's a hard thing to do. It's not an easy skill, right? That's real like sales. Skills. It's actual skills. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. In- that is. yeah. That, and that's why a lot of Medicare agents can't make it in life sales outside of dumb laydowns that just ask the question. You'll stumble into it by simply asking. But like actual sales skills come in what you're just describing. And for the longest time, Medicare was simply an enrollment transactional type opportunity and not a sale in the yeah. sense that just because it doesn't cost any money doesn't necessarily mean it isn't a sale. I got a question because I think maybe I'm completely misunderstanding the situation, or maybe, as in some cases, I'm actually right. Online, yeah, many of these Medicare Facebook groups, because I've been Donald Trump out of most of the, the life insurance groups, for being honest, and I'm, I'll go to my grave with that without any complaints. A lot of these Medicare groups, I'm seeing questions that are, in a respectful sense, dumbass questions. Like, do I need two scopes for two people? They're, they're, they're married. Do I need two scopes for two people? Now, I oftentimes have many dumb questions. And I ask you, I ask Malin, I ask folks in my agency that might have a little bit more knowledge. But that's because I have groups of people to go to to ask dumb questions too. Are the people asking these pre-K kind of questions, Medicare agents that really have no support in the industry? I have to assume, right? Like, I probably should not be saying this, but you should not be going to the internet for your answers with these things, right? You should not be going to social media or watching YouTube to try and get your answers to these types of questions. You should have somebody to get you from that kindergarten level up to proficient. Yeah. Right? That That is not, there is a lot of stuff that you should be going to the internet. There are a lot of big ideas. There's a lot of really good stuff that comes out from some of these social media groups that comes from a lot of these YouTube videos. There are a lot of really knowledgeable people out there, but you're not going to understand the good stuff that they're telling you if you haven't made it to basic proficiency yet. You're still struggling with like, how does a scope of appointment work? Get the basics down first. Yeah. A whole purpose of this channel is to provide more high level discussions about topics about the industry about everything in between there, there's about 50 videos on 101 level stuff but we're putting this stuff out there because if you're listening and you really don't know hello pick one of yeah. us let us an email we're, yeah. we'll at least help you understand how to fill out a scope of appointment walk into a presentation and figure out if you can give them a better plan or not i just think that i feel really bad for these people because i i stumbled into the industry because i had family in the business and i never had to guess about the basics. I always had some level of support to figure out the fundamentals of how to play the game. Like no one had to tell me where first base was on the field. No one had to tell me how to take a swing. Like I had to learn how to take it to the next level, but I I could at least have the explanations given to me at the basic level. So I I guess the short answer is you would agree the people asking dumb questions don't have anyone there to answer it for them. Yeah. God, I saw something on online today. That just made me really sad. And it was from a post from like three or four days ago. But, you know, Facebook has gotten weird recently and the algorithm is odd and I don't get stuff in real time as much as I used to. 
but somebody was asking a question. I, I don't remember what it was like, you know, I, I'm, they were looking to switch their upline or they were asking for recommendations and somebody posted in the comments, all uplines are the same. None of them do anything. They're all no help. Oh my God. I was like, man, that just breaks my heart. Like that is, that is so sad for me to hear <clears throat> that this person has clearly had experience with multiple uplines and that they've all been non-helpful first off sucks. And that, that, that this is like, their attitude that like there's so much help available and it is i guess hard to find the right place to look but like there's there are so many people out there who are willing to help you who want to help you and frankly would be happy to take like an override to help you and would then gen genuinely help you i disagree like, though i think some of the people that make those kind of comments just haven't reconciled to themselves that these are all you problems that they're having sometimes well this, yeah that's the other thing sometimes those are you problems Right. Like if you've been to five different uplines and you find that all of them suck, maybe the common denominator is you. Mm. Yeah. Let's just change the word a little bit. Like if you've been in five different serious relationships, five different marriages, five different. Right. You five different addresses. You know, not to not to put myself too close to the threshold in some of those question comments. But at some point you have to recognize this is your fault. Like yeah. what can I do better in this situation? Yeah. In the end, none, no upline I ever have is going to drive me to the appointment, open the front door, and present the plan for me. No. No upline is going to print out my leads, log me into Sunfire, and push the enrollment button. No upline is going to tell me I can wait until after AEP to get an oil change. I have to be a grown-ass adult and figure out basic levels of business management. I do need an oil change. My Jeep hasn't caught fire yet. But guess what? I worked so hard, the damn thing's paid off. I I'm not worried about it. I think that so many people just need to come to a, the realization that they're, well, what does Taylor Swift say? It's you're the problem. Like I, I'm the problem. Right. Sorry. Self accountability goes a long way. I think, and have been a successful AEP or successful Medicare career or a successful sales career as a business owner. For sure. You know, and it is, I don't know. I see opportunity. Like I hear people complain and every time I hear complaints, I see, mm -hmm. and that's maybe just the way that I'm wired, but that's like, okay, so plans are getting more similar. You know, that gives me an opportunity to differentiate myself as a person who has actual sales. If you don't have actual sales skills, maybe now is the time to go develop some. There, there are places you can go to learn how to sell it's it's getting harder to find places to that'll teach you like sales skills but like they exist worst case scenario there are many very good books that have been written on this this isn't a sales book but it's a good book book yeah right like i don't know so like that's an opportunity as somebody who knows how to sell great it's gonna run more people out of the business marketing money might be going away well, this sucks for a lot of FMOs, and it is going to probably reduce a lot of the benefits that street-level agents get, and running Medicare leads is going to be more costly, and commissions first year are still going to suck. It's going to drive a lot of new agents out of the business, and that's kind of good for me, I guess. Like, I mean, seems sort of like a ghoulish thing to say, but yeah, if other agents go out of business, that is better for my business, and a good time to it is a it is a good time to be in the medicare business the changes that make it harder they introduced the 48 hour scope of appointment makes it harder it gets a lot of lazy agents out of the business great 
more for me. I know how to handle a 48-hour scope of appointment situation. I know how to do a two-call close on a Medicare appointment and still have the person show up for the second appointment. This is a great time to be involved in Medicare. This this is the beginning of a that the, the waveforms. You know, the waves come and they crash and then they draw back and we're in that drawback phase. You know, we've kind of hit the peak of of one wave kind of crashing in on the beach and we're kind of drawing back. But this is the time to like gather momentum. This is the time to like start building a really strong foundation for a new Medicare business because the wave is going to come again and it is going to be explosive when it does. And this is all good stuff. Next question for you. Sure. There are some agents that may have had their first real go at AEP. Now, I don't want to talk about that entry level stuff forever in my training, in my conversation, but I think it's still relevant because somebody is always starting their journey. If they watch this video this year or five years from now. And they had a really good AEP. Maybe they wrote 50 plans. Maybe they wrote 75 plans. Maybe they wrote freaking 100 plans. They did their HRAs. They've done all their work. And they're going to see some big, big deposits come January. Like five-figure size deposits, bigger than you typically saw in life sales or anything before. The kind of deposits that when I got them, I was glad I was sitting on the toilet when I was because it was freaking explosive. Right. The deposit that was. What, what what do you recommend for somebody that is expecting some really big five figure deposits in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, because it's it's not impossible that there are a lot of agents who are going to be getting 15, 20, 25, 30, 50, $50,000. $50,000 is not crazy. It, you know, like, I mean, it's a lot like, right. There are people out there who are are putting up like crazy numbers, but like. It is not unreasonable to have written between 100 and 125, 135 people in AEP and, you know, getting a $50,000 check because some of those are new to Medicare. Like that's, that's not crazy. If this was your first AEP, don't spend that money. Hoard that money, reinvest that money. I mean, take as much out of it as you need to live on as you can, especially if you're not doing anything else. If you're not selling anything else, if you don't have another job, if you don't have like you got to live off off of your money. Right. But like. Plan a marketing budget so that you can continue to sell throughout the rest of the year and you can continue to go see people throughout the rest of the year, because the real value of that fifty thousand dollars is when January of next year. Gen, not not the fifty thousand dollars you're getting in January twenty twenty four, January twenty twenty five when you start getting four thousand dollars every month deposited into your bank account, in addition to the other fifty thousand dollars that you're going to do because if you did it once you can do it a second time right. Mm-hmm. That's when stuff starts to work. You know, I that- a couple ideas and you kind of just nailed them. I think it's important to to reward yourself maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that you had pursued when you started this trip, maybe go on a trip, reinvest. Like if you're not on some type of a marketing budget, you set it, save it. Like, do you have an emergency savings? Do you know what an emergency savings is? Like, look that kind of stuff up. Debt management. Do you, are you carrying credit card debt? Do you owe five grand on a car that you can clear up? Like, if you're moderately successful at this business, you shouldn't be carrying a bunch of BS debt around that you can probably clear off and, and, Give yourself some cash flow. Give yourself some savings opportunities. Give yourself some, I don't know, investment opportunity. So I'm just terrified as somebody who had a great AEP, 
sees more money than ever seen in one single deposit and just blows it, you know? It is very easy to say, I'm going to take my family to Disney World and then spend $25,000 there. Because okay. if you've gotten, if you just got $25,000, man, Disney, Disney is good at that, right? It is very easy to then like take your family to Europe to go to Hawaii, uh, blow it all on drinks, buy a new car. I mean, like it is easy. It is easy, especially if you haven't been doing well. Like if you, if you, I don't know, I feel like, I, I feel like a lot of the times I talk to people like you, you know, I talk to, I talk to people who are already down the road financially. And so like, you know, a $15,000 check for a lot of the people that I talk to is not always super crazy exciting. But like, I remember what it was like to be making $25,000 a year, my first year in the insurance industry. If I had then gotten a $15,000 check, I, I, I'd have fallen on the floor. And a $15,000 check is not hard, right? That's 50, right? Maybe less if there's a lot of new to Medicare people. I don't know, man. You got to be careful. You got to not. Agents should always be thinking about their their renewal income if you're in Medicare. It, it is it is 100% about your renewal base. It is 100% about the size of your book of business. And it is about putting the money that you're making on advance away so that you can continue to run your business and build your renewal base. Because if you wrote you wrote 30 people in AEP. This is your first AEP and you wrote 30 people. And that's a great AEP if it's your first AEP. Do not let the internet tell you otherwise. What's my next question? <clears throat> Do not let the internet tell you otherwise. If you've never done this before and you wrote 30, you are doing great. Yeah. But like, okay, so now you've gotten 30. You did 30 in seven weeks. Good for you. Can you do another 30 in the next 12 for OEP? I think you probably can. Can you do another 30 over the course of the next several months after that mm -hmm. before September? Can you do another 30? You, you probably can. And then you're walking into January of 2025 with almost 100 people on your books. And now you're making $30,000 a year, right? And that's a nice little base level salary to get to. You know, there are a lot of people who would work a lot harder for $30,000 than, yeah. you know, than selling a hundred Medicare apps over the course of 12 months. That leads um, me to the next question. I wrote over a hundred plans, this AEP. I had my general two field days based off schedule, my kids, blended family dynamic responsibilities outside of the business. Cause you're not just a, a Medicare machine. You are a real person at some point. Right. Um, and I added flex days in there, like a 10 to two, a 10 to two, a ran, I squeezed freaking like any extra time I could without neglecting the job of a parent. But you know, I, I'm pretty proud of, you know, a little bit over a hundred, hundred. Yeah. You know, if I wrote everybody down, let's just say 118, somewhere in that ballpark. Sure. Hell yeah. And I still managed to consistently put up my final expense goal, like 7,500 a week, which was freaking hard. Because sure. You're running 99% Medicare appointments, you're having to squeeze like, oh, oh, look at that. You have Lincoln Heritage. Oops, how'd that happen? Like that kind of stuff out of there, but it's still possible. But I see things online and I know from what I did, I can do the math on it. There's a certain point where a human being, one single human can't write that many plans. 
Right. Unless they took their entire book, flushed it down the toilet and put it with somebody else. They can't. Like right. about realistic numbers so that if somebody sees somebody online saying they wrote 500 plans in AEP, they can at least think to themselves, that might not be true. I, the way we talk about numbers, because, because people are very focused on that bonus check, right? And that's what you should think of it as. You should think of it as a bonus check. The January AEP check, that's a bonus check. Oh, my God. And people are very focused on that check. And, you know, it, people count rewriting existing books of business in AEP, people who are already on your book and flipping them to a new plan because maybe, maybe they legitimately need to be. I'm not saying they're churning them. I'm just saying, you know, people need to move their plans. Uh, like you said, you know, Humana dropped out of one of the large hospital networks in one of the places you work. And everybody who had Humana, if they were on your book of business, you needed to roll them to somebody else. Otherwise, they were losing their doctors, right? Like, that's all legitimate stuff. That's all stuff that needs to happen. And it is all stuff that should happen. It should not be counted in your AEP. None of that should count. You should, like, I mean, other people might count it, put it on the board, get the accolades, get the kudos. You're going to get a bonus check on it. You're not getting paid on that business. You're getting advanced on that business, but you're not getting paid on that business. You are going to make the same amount of money in 2024 off of that person, whether you got all of it in January or if you got paid one month at a time. You did not make yourself more money that with that sale, and that should not count. I Not everybody, not everybody. And, and you have to take telesales people out of the equation, and there are a lot of people who do telesales. And there are some people who are legitimately machined, but they are few and far between. There are a handful, like literally like five. At what sacrifice though? At like what sacrifice? It, and you're working around the clock, right? But like when you are thinking to yourself, hey, how many sales did I make this AEP? The only sales that you should count are ones that have expanded your book of business. And you should know to the person exactly how many people are on your book of business, like not a fuzzy number, like exactly, you know, 612. That's how many people are on your book of business, right? Like exactly. And then the only sales that you should really be counting and bragging about are the ones that expand that book of business. You know, your book of business went from 100 to 150 this AEP. Freaking fantastic. Rework. Right? That is a huge win. You wrote 150 people this AEP. Not the same, right? Like actually literally the same, but like it sounds way more impressive to say I wrote 150 people than to say my book of business went from 100 to 150. Mm -hmm. I think that's just the difficulty with internet misinformation or internet fluff. Like there's some great people out there that you can learn a lot from a lot of people and learn. You can even learn what not to do from some people too. Yeah. But be realistic. So let's just throw out some numbers out there of new clients, not rollovers, not plan changes because he had to do it. Yeah. 30, 30 to 50. Thoughts on that being a strong AEP performance or not? I think 30 to 50 is very solid, good numbers. For AEP, 30 to 50, that is that is an achievable goal for every single person who is selling Medicare. I feel like that is really solid baseline. Um, particularly if you're new to this, if you haven't been doing this very long, 30 to 50 should be your goal for your first AEP. 50 to 100. Fantastic. If you if you wrote between 50 and 100, you are doing better than 90% of Medicare agents in the country in AEP. 100 to 200. Top 1%. Good. I like, I like that kind of differentiator so folks realize the numbers they did, they probably did better 
and not to measure themselves against other people too. Because really, you don't know what you got going on in your life. You don't know what they're got going on in their life. You, you really can't measure your success against somebody else's. Define the success for yourself, your family, what you want out of the single life that you live, not what some avatar on, on Facebook has done. So that leads us to... Oh, go ahead. oh and I was going to say, and you got to differentiate between telesales people and face-to-face people. Yeah. And you got to differentiate between independent agents and LOA agents. Yeah. Because those all have different levels of difficulty, right? Like an LOA telesales agent who is getting fed fresh inbound live transfer leads that they're not paying for, but that cost like 75 bucks a pop. Yeah. Like fresh inbound live transfer leads. Their phone is just ringing, 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 ringing. Their barrier to making a sale is very different than a person who is going out and buying their own leads and going out and seeing people face to face. It's just a different, it's just a different ecosystem. Well said. Ready for today's hot take? Oh, yeah. All right. Medicare is dead. That's a freaking deceased. All righty. Life management is just as important as business management. Heck yeah. Absolutely. None of this works if you don't have your life like working. The the two biggest reasons why people end up failing out of the insurance industry are they can't handle their taxes and they can't handle their personal life. Number one and number two. Number three is not close. Number three is they can't sell. And it is minority. Yeah. Got it. Got to handle your life. It doesn't work. I'm absolutely not the best at taxes, but I think I've been cursed with accountants that aren't aren't there to help when I need it. I want IRS. I'm willing to pay the government in case the IRS is watching. This is not a willful decision on my part, Um, but I I still pay it. Yeah. When it comes up, I paid it. I paid some big five-figure checks when necessary so I could understand that conversation, but also the life management portion. You said something I think deserves repeating again in this video where a lot of times you decide business or life in those tough moments where it's like, well, is this life thing never going to happen again? Is my daughter going to something she's not going to like winter concert kind of stuff? Yeah. Standing how to prioritize life because, you know, you wake up at 60 years old with a $60,000 a month renewal, but nobody loves you and you die alone in your in your bed. The hell is the point? Right. Right. Like. The whole reason why anybody would be an independent insurance agent is so that they can have a better quality of life, right? It's about lifestyle. Like if you are working your fingers to the bone and grinding until you're dead and missing your kids' school plays and doctor's appointments and, you know, living a very cats in the cradle type of life, like what are you doing? Go get a job. Like there are easier ways. There are lots of easier ways to make $100,000 a year than selling insurance. I came to the realization this week that people can quit the business without actually quitting the business in the sense that they are so radically underperforming their capacity that they might as well just go get a damn job. Like, yeah, this, this is hard. Like the responsibilities, the investments, the organization, the commitment. At some point, if you're not making as much as you could made it a job anyway, you're, you're really like quiet quitting or no, that's not the right word. You're, you deserve better. Like if you're good at this, be good at this. Don't under underestimate or underperform what you deserve to learn. You and I and and Matthew Murray back on on a previous YouTube channel that we used to do made a video, I think in 2018, maybe 2019, but I think in 2018 called that was titled something along the lines of you probably shouldn't be in the insurance industry. I remember that. Yeah, it was a good video. It's still if like I don't know. I would, should we plug the old insurance chat? The old. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try to find it and then screen show you. But yeah, yeah. 
Welcome. The, yeah, the, the, the insurance panel, it's, it's still an active YouTube channel, although sort of defunct, it's not putting out new videos anymore. I do, for anybody who is a fan of the insurance panel, I have like four videos that are just waiting to get like final edited and get put up that were recorded over the course of like the last two years, but they'll go up someday eventually. And then I think that channel's dead once those go up. But it was a really, it was a good video about like, hey, this is not the right business for everybody. And it seems like a really good industry, but it's not, not all always is a good fit. And it's got to be a good fit for you. Like when I talk to friends about what I and kind of how my family is doing financially and what my work schedule is like and the flexibility that I have, people are always like, oh my God, I why did I not get into the insurance industry? But none of them actually want to be in the insurance industry, right? <laughs> like, like none of them want to do what I do. When I, when I tell them about like what life is actually like as an insurance agent, most of them are like, oh, I could never do that. It's okay. It's not for everybody. It is welcome for the people watching this for you. If final expense is right for you. Back in, gosh, when was this posted? Hold on a second. It April, was pre-pandemic because I was in Hawaii. Yeah. April 24th, 2019. Oh, early 2019. Long time ago. The insurance panel, let's talk about if final expense is right for you. Thousands of subscribers, hundreds of views. I mean, you're talking about four plus years ago in the industry, but some of the stuff we talked about there is still irrelevant today. Absolutely. And you won't even recognize some of us from that point in time in our lives. All righty, Nick, I appreciate you being on. I know you got somewhere to be and so do I. But like, comment, subscribe. If you're just simply listening to us, follow. We're on all kinds of podcast formats now, thanks to Adam up there. Constantly is downloading and uploading and cross-loading us onto different podcast platforms. So like, comment, subscribe, follow, and let us, we'll look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks. And this concludes another episode of the Insurance Life and Everything in Between podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe, share with a friend or colleague. And if you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, Please leave those too. Any input is greatly appreciated. Thank you.